0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to the art studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. When I was a kid few comics were as fun to read as Dick Tracy it was really a blast interesting characters action it was absolutely terrific for those of us who don't know it I'm going to tell you a little story there was a time when having a daily cartoon strip syndicated in the newspapers was the peak of being an artist. It made so much money and was so popular at a certain time in history, cartoons and Sunday color cartoons, that people who produced them and made them were on the level of rock stars. They had limousines. They made ungodly amounts of money every day from the royalties of their strip running in newspapers. Newspapers were the predominant source of information and entertainment? Imagine this. Imagine if every time you made a cartoon or a comic or a piece of art and you posted it, you got paid for it. You know, when people used it or looked at it or enjoyed it, You got paid a royalty for it, kind of like the music business when music would be played on the radio and people would enjoy that music and then you would get paid a royalty on that music. Amazon is trying to create that kind of system in their Kindle book program. You sign up for this extra program in Kindle and when people download and read your books, you get paid on a percentage of the pay-in on the whole Kindle thing. It's The idea is much like the record business. But things used to pay so much better in the syndicated newspaper comic strip business. If there was somehow to control our content to the point that enough people consumed it, and we get paid a little bit with all the masses consuming it, you could make a great living as an artist. This may be the idea behind Kickstarter or Patreon, trying to get a large amount of people to contribute a small amount of money to help you keep doing your creative endeavor. Mad Magazine, Harvey Kurtzman, issues one to twenty-four of Mad are considered seminal, and they really are. He set up a style of comedy Harvey Kurtzman, the way he cartoons the way he writes, the way he creates that has often been copied uh, seldom done well but set the tone for comedy that would follow for the next generation including Saturday Night Live but the truth of it is I'm going to wind it all the way back to uh, Dick Tracy, watch how I do it the truth is is that the sensibility the idea of lampooning a cartoon strip and the, and the way to do it, I think, originally came from Al Cap. Al Cap created a very successful, very popular strip called Little Abner. By the time I got to Little Abner, it wasn't very appealing. I don't know what was going on in Little Abner, but nothing I could understand. And I think that Al Cap sort of lost it the last 10 years there. But boy, those first 20 years, he was really rolling. And he would make fun of Dick Tracy using a character he created called Fearless Fosdick. Fearless Fosdick was a cartoon strip within a cartoon strip. The the character Little Abner worshipped a cartoon character called Fearless Fosdick. And he would read about him. And that character was a spoof of Dick Tracy. And when you read how this comic was done and the sensibility of it. It so much reminds you of Mad Magazine. And I think that Fearless Fosdick is really the inspiration for Harvey Kurtzman's Mad Magazine. The way he approached those cartoons, the way he approached that comedy, you can see the the roots of it, the mirror of it, literally, in Fearless Fosdick. Because Fearless Fosdick even holds up today. It's slapstick funny. It's a uh, comedy. <laughs> it's silly. And amazingly, now when you think about it, it still holds up today. That's totally amazing that jokes should work. But Al Cap makes fun of Dick Tracy's, Dick Tracy's sincerity, the weird situations he gets in, his love interest with his girlfriend, uh, the disrespect his other workers have for him. And it's absolutely hysterical. It really is. It <laughs> At its time, it must have been a complete and utter hoot. Because even today, it still rings funny. And you can really see in that thing the roots of Mad Magazine. But I thought I'd mention that. Because Al Cap was one of these rock star cartoonists who had a syndicated cartoon. It was interesting about Al Cap? Man, little Abner, so successful. Movies, Broadway plays, songs, Sadie Hawkins Day. That came from the cartoon strip, and that idea is still with us the idea of Sadie Hawkins Day. He was a huge, huge success. Fearless Fosdick was his spoof of comic strips and was highly successful. He tried and did spoof other strips, Peanuts, Milton Kniff's strip, uh, I forget what it was at the time, maybe Terry and the Pirates something, and he tried with many different spoofs, but none of them worked, uh, so to speak, like Fearless Fosdick, or they didn't become popular, depends how you want to look at it. I've not been able to read them, so I can't tell you if they work, but I would like to read them in order to analyze it. I think at some point they're going to reprint the entire Al Cap run. Not that I could afford to buy it, but it'd be cool to read it and see exactly how that sensibility went. You know, oftentimes things that are funny are a product of their age because of the sensibility of that age and it doesn't transfer onto the next age. So, you know, what's funny today might not be twenty funny 20 years from now and there's no one's fault about that. I read a lot of old books that have comedy quote-unquote in them And some of them still work and some of them don't. When you work in comedy with things that are always true, love, jealousy, uh, being angry at your job or your boss, things like that that everybody can sort of resonate with over time, you know, every generation, those ideas work. I want to talk about a really fun comic book that is available right now. It's called I Hate Fairyland, Written and drawn by Scotty Young. And boy, is this an absolute hoot. The, the kinetic energy of the art is just terrific. It's like watching a crazy uh, animated feature from Disney if you took like some kind of crazy drug and then read it. It's totally hilarious, and the art is brilliant, and the color is brilliant, and it's super well-conceived and really, really funny. I could not recommend this book enough. Scotty Young's I Hate Fairyland. Uh, You know, I try to resist most things, and I don't find most things... Anyway... I guess what it is is that you really have to be good to impress me. That that may sound like a terrible egoist statement, but it's not that I'm not impressed by a lot of art. In fact, quite the opposite. I mostly like almost everything. But I'm not going to rave about everything or plunk down my money to buy everything. I think 99.9% of most comics are produced beautifully and the art is out of this world and terrific. That doesn't mean, again, like it grabs me and I want it. But this thing absolutely Mm -hmm. grabbed the hell out of me. It is so funny, evil, (laughs) stepmother sort of things. And uh, the closest thing I could say to it is that, you know, sort of like Shrek, but way better than Shrek. But that may be the closest tone I can get to it, is that the the very most uh, caustic moments of Shrek this is sort of that, because this is a pretty violent book. It relies a lot on what you and I would call the old Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner kind of humor, where there's a lot of, you know, uh, physical stuff happening, people falling, getting hit in the head, you know, frying pan to the head kind of idea. I find that really funny, and he draws it really funny, <laughs> so I think it's great. Uh but I'm not sure it's for, you know, for little kids, so to speak, uh, in this age of uh, what we call it uh, <laughs> political correctness because there's a lot of blood in this thing. You know, she's taking axes and splitting people's heads open, but it's just all done totally cartoon, so it's, it's absolutely hysterical. That's today's recommendation for comic books. I hate Fairyland. Just funny as hell. I'm in the middle of drawing my new book, and it's such a challenge because I've been pushing my style in such a direction for so long that in some respects, it's really hard to actually cartoon, especially the way I was just doing a few years ago. I keep trying to, you know, make things more and more realistic. And in fact, you know, the idea should be to flatten out the images to make them less look like three-dimensional 3D drawings and more like cartoon flat images the way you would see from perhaps like Beetle Bailey or some other simply drawn strip. I'm looking for that flatness, that old-time feel in the art and, and I have to say it's not coming as easy as I'd like. I'm having to draw things one or two times to get the sort of the feel or the look I'm after and even then not 100% like I'd like. Uh, I'm not really able to channel a completely wacky 1950s aesthetic cartoon style like I'd like. And I would like. <laughs> but, you know, I suppose that's part of the challenge of doing like this. In other words, I could draw it any way I want, right? So, but I'm trying to push for this certain aesthetic in the art, this certain feel, so the art is completely ridiculous. For example, at one point the hero is being beaten up by the bad guy and he's getting punched out. I don't want it to be particularly violent or scary to look at. I want it to be funny the way, you know, Tom and Jerry was funny when they would fight each other. So I've got one point where he's like spinning like a dervish and you see his head and his arms and his legs all in a blur. And the first time I drew that, it was sort of like a realistic guy (laughs) in a dervish in a blur. And I'm like, well... That's that's even though it's very cartoon-like and very accurately done, it's it's not the wacky kind of kinetic funny thing I'm shooting for. It's not kinetic. It's, it has to seem like it's in motion, like it's whirling. So I went back and drew it again, like it's like you know, it blurred everything, but drew it in a funny cartoon state. So you see his face like screaming as he goes around, and his hands and his feet. So it took my it's you know, it's taking my brain then. A while to wrap around exactly what I'm trying to get at. And that's interesting. You think I'd be able to sit down and just instantly draw it the first time out, but not happening uh, as I'd like. Again, pushing my style so realistically, I keep trying to draw realistically. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's a, it, I keep trying to, you know, round, make the, the knuckles perfectly, you know, as knuckles should be, And not like loops and cartoons, you know, with that loopy kind of 50s look where it's inked with a heavy brush look. Anyway, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, you think I'm rambling. But anyway, I'm looking for a more simple, naive look in the art, and I keep trying to draw it more sophisticated. That may be the best way to put it. So my brain is kind of fighting with itself. (laughs) And that's, that's, you know, a statement you'd hear from the Three Stooges, right? My brain is fighting with itself. Anyway, it's a fun process to draw something so crazy cartoon when all this time, uh, for the last few years, I've been drawing everything so hyper realistic. Whether it's a car tire or a human being or a nose, I keep striving to get something closer to real or, you know, maybe a Hal Foster kind of look or, you know, in my art, as opposed to something that you and I would call cartoony or Bigfoot or a caricature of human beingness. You know, for years I drew, you know, caricatures of human beings, and I like doing that. It's fun to draw cartoons. But, you know, part of me said, you know, I wonder if you could really do this other kind of art. And I've, always, and, you know, I've done it in, like, small bursts, you know, portraits, uh, different things, uh, but never, you know, tried to commit to it for a long period of time, and that's what I've done over the last few years. And it's been fun to teach myself how to draw in that style. And you know, that's really all it is. It's just another style. It's like another pattern you lay down in your brain and you learn to draw that way, just like painting. Anybody can learn to paint. You put yourself in it for a couple months and you'll be surprised at how far you can go. Put yourself in it for a couple of years and you'll be amazed how far you go there. Mastering color is a wonderful experience. It's a journey. You learn sort of like the basics. You do stuff and it's okay and you do this, do that, and you learn other techniques, gets better. And then over time, it gets better and better and better. But you have to keep trying to, you know, push yourself. And I think that comes from the joy of wanting to learn and express ourselves as artists. You know, being able to express ourselves means means having a higher level of skill, a bigger bag of tricks, or to express ourselves more precisely and more effortlessly. You know, it's a pleasure to draw now much more so than it was a pleasure to draw 20 years ago because I draw better. (laughs) You know, it was much more of a struggle years ago than it is now. I have to say that's the truth. One more thought about Dick Tracy and Little Abner. Definitely check out Fearless Fosdick, by the way. There's two Al Cap books available. They're really cheap on Amazon. And those Fearless Fosdick cartoons are hilarious and you can really see the roots of Mad Magazine in there. That kind of cartooning that those two gentlemen did is really brilliant. Al Cap is especially beautifully uh, adept at drawing with a brush. I mean, his women, his people, he has an effortlessness to his... uh, everything that he draws with such mastery that it's really fun to see somebody so lucid like that. And I love Dick Tracy for the dramatic black and whites and the different scenes. And, you know, small little scenes, little guy running, you know, cars chasing each other, then close-ups back and forth. There's really nothing that uh, Chester Gould didn't tackle the way he presented stuff. You know, as comics shrunk, and they did shrink even in the, you know, I think it was by, you know, even by the 50s they were shrinking comics, so they draw them smaller and smaller. Uh, A lot of comics became just talking heads, which is normal, shoulders, this kind of thing, so you could actually see the people. But he would still keep doing these intense scenes of, you know, guys running across buildings, airplanes crashing into things. and all kinds of stuff that you and I would call the long shots that you don't see very often in cartooning. And they were all brilliantly done with a black and white contrast to them that made a lot of Gould's work, especially through the 50s, very almost not Jack Kirby-esque, but Jack Kirby-esque in its mastery of black and white. Beautiful layovers of objects and black and white and people and objects. It's just so good. Chester Gould had a fantastic sensibility about that, and I've been looking at that sensibility and enjoying it and liking it you know a modern day artist who does that which uh he has been a guest on the show i think two or three times you know about maybe 5 years ago larry johnson larry johnson produces a book tales of fantasy and he still produces that book like every 2 months uh for like you know 20 years and he has really turned into a a beautiful artist and his art really reminds me in some ways, of Steve Ditko and Chester Gould. He seems to be internalizing some of the best parts of both those artists. Another thing that Chester Gould did really well that we shouldn't overlook is he created really fascinating characters. Uh, You know, this is where they got the Batman villains from. You know, Two-Face, the Joker... All that kind of writing, those kind of characters were inspired directly from Dick Tracy. And Dick Tracy has a rogues gallery like no other cartoon strip. The foes he faced and the weird different ones, and, and they're all drawn cool and different, are really remarkable. And the stories uh, would run you know, for months and years, intricate webs of chases and death traps and Tracy being injured and going after people and, you know, real suspense. I have to say, uh, brilliantly done soap opera-esque comics with a lot of action. Dick Tracy was excellent. There's a reason it was so popular. Uh, It reads like a modern, well, like it's not modern, but, you know, in something in modern respects would be like CSI. It has the whole model of the crime show. Hardwired right into it. The setup, the plot, the hunt, the third act twist, and then finally, you know, the chase at the end. Really good stuff. So hats off to Chester Gould. When he was in his prime, he was an amazing storyteller, cartoonist, and character creator. Uh, Really amazing. I think that's something I'm probably the most weak on, is character creation. I don't think I've really created that many, or at all, memorable characters, uh, original characters. I don't think that's quite my place in life. I like making fun of things and doing spoofs and comedies, but it's always based on something I love, like, or know. And uh, it's hard to, obviously, come up with something completely original. I do have original takes and ideas on things, but they're based on other things again, so they're not really original. It's really something when somebody comes up with something original. and I think that, again, maybe it was based on those 1930s and 40s type movies, those gangster stories. Dick Tracy reads like a hard-boiled detective gangster story. And uh, it's really cool in that respect. And maybe it came again from that genre of that place, but he did it really effectively. It's not meandering. It's not hard to understand. These are really cool stories. Well, guys, I hope you're having a great day in your art studios. I hope the art is coming out well. Keep creating. Keep doing your thing. The opportunity to make art is a great gift. You only get so much time. You only get so many projects in your lifetime, so many things you can do. So applying yourself as best you can to you know projects that you love and want to devote yourself to is a good idea. No matter what the outcome You know, the the idea is not always to make a million dollars with something. Maybe the idea is just to make something really great. Again, a comic book recommendation, I Hate Fairyland by Scotty Young. Absolutely brilliant. Probably my favorite comic uh, I've read since Lady Mechanica. Completely different, (laughs) but man, is this thing an absolute hoot. Love it, love it, love it. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon in the art studio. Bye-bye.